Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Oh, miss. Episode 154. Hey, my riches. We are all facing very challenging times around the coronavirus. And I think you would find it the perfect time to listen to this specific show with my very enjoyable, very smart, and very young guest today who started off door knocking and built a company to $100,000 per day, helping over 1 million customers a year. And I would like to recommend you to go to the show notes of this interview in the richomis.com website. Let's meet Anthony Sarandia. Anthony started off door knocking and built a company of $100,000 plus dollars per day with over 1 million customers a year. He is recognized as one of the top customers generators in the world, running a team that drives over 1 million customers a year. Today, he runs a profitable portfolio of websites ranging from commerce to content blogs that combined reach millions of buyers every month. He is consistently featured as one of the top under 30 years old entrepreneurs and was featured alongside Snapchat's founder, Even Spiegel, as one of the entrepreneurs that are changing the world. Anthony Salvandria, hi! Such a great pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I am excited. I waited for this. I just shared with our audience what you've done until now, and I would like to ask you to share with us a bit about what you are doing today and most passionate about, and where you're heading. Yeah, of course. So today we help match Americans with different financial um, products to essentially help them make more money, or in our case, uh, more often save more money. So we get in front of uh, millions of people per day online with our advertisements and then uh, help help move and route them and educate them on on different places in their life they could use help with their finances and uh, and connect them to, to different partner programs that we work with. What kind of financial products are you talking about? Yeah, so we joke we're, we're ambulance chasers today. So a lot of the things we do are, you know, help somebody who's paying too much on health insurance or needs help repairing sure. their credit or is in high amounts of debt and you know help them understand that they can negotiate the the credit card debt or walk them through different programs for student loans. So a lot of times it has to do with the bills they're having today and how we can save them money on those or it's our, our mortgage refinance program or things like that. And I must ask how the coronavirus is changing that today? Is it already changing that? You know, it's interesting. I think it's putting people, you know, we were in such a, a good market. <laughs> Honestly, it felt like a week ago. And, you know, people, I don't want to say weren't and aren't as concerned about problems when everything's going well. When there's things like the coronavirus or fear, 
I think it wakes people up to some maybe, you know, other issues they might be having in their life. Maybe it's weight issues. Maybe it's financial issues in our case. So, you know, I mean, even myself, I'm catching myself washing my hands more, trying to be a little bit more healthy, eat a little bit more vitamin. Sure, you should. <laughs> you should. Yes. So um, <laughs> anyway, in, in our case, it, I, I think it's actually it, it's helping because it's helping wake people up to different points that they should be looking for help for in their life. And uh, we really have a recession proof business in a lot of ways. So it's actually a, a massive positive for us. And I think a lot of Americans to, to try and get other you know, ducks in a row in their life that otherwise when everything was going smooth, they, they kind of just, you know, glanced over. I love the idea that you're not trying to sell something specifically, but you're really trying to help anyone with what they need. So I think that's the right way today. We are all the time talking about the personalization and the most human company wins. And I think this is what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Yeah, our goal was really to, to be a marketplace that, that allows Uh, you, like you said, uh, uh, an opportunity to solve multiple solutions or problems in your life, not just a, uh, you know, a, what are they, or a square peg in a round hole, you know, and try and shove in. <laughs> sure. Like that, so. And uh, how did it start? Where did you start? How things, uh, how you became a, a marketplace for, for financial products and entrepreneurs? Yeah, yeah, of course. So it initially started, you know, I... I joke like my, I wanted to be a personal trainer. I wanted to help people lose weight and, and get their immediate health in order. Uh, I started down that path and I, I realized pretty quickly that, you know, unraveling the onion that a, lo a lot of times it rolls up to someone's financial problems wow. because they might not have enough money to, to eat healthy or to, to not work two jobs, to be able to work out and spend time with their kids. And then I started realizing and understanding divorce, suicide, depression, anxiety, all these other major issues that are deep rooted and almost uh, all, when I kept when I dug deeper at the top of the charts for almost all of these problems was you know financial issues was was a massive cause for that so it really set me out on this you know rabbit hole to, to eventually land and be like I need to help people with their finances so I, do, I don't have a financial advising background I didn't or an accounting background or anything like that I just I really, it's cliche, started out trying to help people lose weight. And, and funny enough, so far on the other end of the spectrum, you know, ended up saying, okay, I'm going to help people, you know, with their finances, which I think is a great lesson for a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, if you're not married to your idea day one, which was mine, you know, help people lose weight, it can lead you to something much bigger, better calling purpose where you're able to, to fulfill and satisfy, you know, the, the original cause you were trying to solve, but then maybe yeah, on a much bigger scale. It's such a great lesson because, you know, uh, I just told you that uh, we used to call this podcast, beside the ritual myths that ha hasn't changed, we used to call it uh, the customer-focused entrepreneur right. because that's what I believe in. That's what marketing is all about, seeing things from the point of view of the customer, which entrepreneurs usually don't know. But all what all the guests here that succeeded talked about is talk to your customers, listen to your customers, and all the issues today about being human, it's just about that. That's why I really loved it, because I didn't know that you came from uh, trying to help people to lose weight and, yeah. and came, but the idea of really listening to your customer, and I always say this is the right way, because the money we are looking for is in their pockets, and if we will know what they need, what they want, we will be able to help them, and at the same time, to help ourselves make a living. So right. I think it's so important. You keep saying we, who is we? We've got a, a good sized team, a little bit over 30 people today. Wow. That uh, 
that um, operate and help anywhere from um, uh, buying media online to content writers, web designers, uh, admin help, th the customer support. So anything along that. So um, yeah, we, we've built a great team and all, you know, I was, I was going to touch on one point and totally, of course, lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, you know, just a simple thing for, you know, I, I love when you were just talking about, you know, understanding your customer. This is, is not any revolutionary advice, but one thing I try and spend at least an hour a week on, and I used to do it a lot more, um, and I'd like to get back to even more, is I, I call our customers. And now we've got mm. 5,000 plus customers a day coming in. Wow. Great, a ton of a ton of customers coming through the door. And uh, I, I try and spend at least an hour once a week calling them back and just with really no agenda. I don't have like a checklist. I just, I'm saying, hey, you know, I'm the, I'm the founder of the company, uh, you know, over here at Pocket Your Dollars and um, what, wanted to, you know, just understand like you know tell me about yourself i'll send you a 25 dollars amazon gift card just to, to spend you know maybe 30 minutes with me just to just to chat and uh and literally i'm just i'm trying to understand where they are in their life where they were before they got they came in contact with us how they felt through the journey of coming in contact with us and how they feel after and it is insane the wealth of knowledge i've came from there that's where i i, I landed on like I, I mentioned divorce like I didn't realize like how many people going through financial problems came from divorce. And, oh, of and, course. Yes. You know, I didn't realize that too. We don't know that at some stage. Yep, you got it. And and the only way to know it is, you know, there, there's no software solution, person to hire for. There's really, it takes you blocking out time on your calendar. I don't care how big or small your company is to have those conversations and with no agenda, you're not trying to upsell the person. Uh, you're not trying to save a customer. You're, you're just genuinely trying to understand where they're sitting today and who they are as if you're at a dinner table with them, having a dinner table mm -hmm. conversation. And the amount of knowledge that comes out of that when you're looking for it, it's worth it's worth its weight in gold tenfold. Sure, I love that. You started from scratch. When was it? How long ago? At this point, so this business started about four years ago when I first got it on, wow. on the internet. I actually started out of my dorm, uh, called about eight, nine years ago, I want to say this, eight, eight, seven, eight years ago. Actually, yeah, yeah, seven, eight years ago. I graduated high school 10 years ago. Seven, eight years ago is uh, is when I first got exposed to the internet. And I always, I always joke, again, great lesson for entrepreneurs. Like, I hated sitting in front of a computer. Uh, <laughs> I was doing door-to-door -door sales. I was talking to people. I was doing promotions for stuff. And uh, I just got addicted to the idea of, being able to infinitely touch and reach people via the internet where I wasn't limited by my geographic ability. So like you and I are across mm. the world Skyping today, like that became so That's addicting right. of a thought to me and saying I could do that on like, as we're talking, my ads are getting in front of hundreds, if not thousands of people by the time the podcast is over. And uh, that's, and I'm able to talk to you and I'm able to still make an impact. So that thought that that trinket became so addicting that sitting in front of a, a little 12 inch laptop or however big these things are, uh, all of a sudden I would, I would focus on the, you know, on, on, on the result of it, not necessarily the, the vehicle that's getting me to that result that I, I really hated, which was sitting in front of a screen. So, uh, anyway. Yeah, it's exactly that. And it's not only getting to people all over the world. It's also getting to a lot of people at once. And if we are talking about helping, is helping a lot of people much easier than spending so much money and time on trying to reach them. So yes, it is. There are very good things about the internet as well as some bad. And uh, you're an entrepreneur yourself. And I want to ask you, what would be your best advice 
to any entrepreneur listening to us regarding their customer focus marketing or sales? I would say fail, uh, fail fast and often um, and, and start enjoying failure. So it's a real serious mantra I take. I take well, like if I didn't fall on my face today, I didn't, I wasn't failing enough. And you know, the, the great story I tell in a lot of podcasts is the inventor of the Palm Pilot uh, before going, most entrepreneurs, I think when they say, okay, I'm going to make the Palm Pilot, go out into development, you go raise money and then uh, you, mm-hmm. you, know, you create it and it's not good enough. So you create it again. And all of a sudden it's a year later and however many thousands of dollars later and, and, and maybe by then it's obsolete where the inventor of the Palm Pilot literally carried around a block of wood with him and in his, <laughs> so anytime he would come, like if you and I met on the street, say, oh, let me get your phone number, we'll exchange contact. He'd pull out this block of wood pretend to type in the information, put it back. And then anytime he needed to get in contact with you, he'd literally pull out a block of wood and do it. And it sounds funny now, but it's like, that's our cell phones, our cell phones today. They sit on us all day, but he was essentially, you know, trying to get an MVP, a minimal viable product of saying, would someone carry this foreign object on them at all times? Like it's, it's foreign. It's interesting. It's not today. It's our third arm. But um, he did it with a block of wood and he proved out that he himself would would find it useful. And, and I think that lesson is so powerful for entrepreneurs because, again, I think nine out of 10 of them are like, first, I got to go raise money. Then I got to go in development. Then it's got to be software. And then now it's version six, version eight before anybody ever sees it. And, and it's like you're missing out on so much, call it a, a research study of even just yourself, but even though, you know, Get understanding, seeking out those losses, seeking out, you know, what, what do you hate about my product? I want to know what people hate about my service. Hmm. Thanks for all your help, but it doesn't help us get better. I, I welcome the people say like, you know, it took you an hour to get to me. And by then I went to someone else and I, I'm really disappointed in your brain. I think you didn't get my, I didn't, I don't think you matched your brain promise. I'm like, you know what? We're hiring on two more customer service reps today. Like that's the stuff that can help us. So seeking those losses out and failures versus like protecting your baby and not letting anyone say that your baby's ugly is is something that is the biggest flaw I see in entrepreneurs. I love that advice. And it's really, unfortunately, even much worse because after this seven or eight years of developing the product, most of the entrepreneurs are just approaching someone that usually doesn't exist. It only exists in their mind. You know, the number one reason entrepreneurs that fail said they fail for is no market need. But we worked with more than 120 entrepreneurs and only six of them didn't have a market need. It's not that there isn't a market need. Most entrepreneurs just try to attract or to uh, approach a market that they didn't know whether they need the product or not. And probably it wasn't those who needed the product. And most of the times they also don't know how to talk about their product because there isn't something like that. So they are not touching the customers early enough or at all. That's why your what you are talking is so important. You know, it's, I'll just piggyback off that real quick and then we want to keep moving. But um I want anybody listening to look up the term method actor. And what it is, is a method actor is someone who gets so into character that they they go to extreme lengths, really. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing the definition. But like for me to understand my customer, I need to literally be in their exact situation. So I remember when we first started, you know, I, I would... I was delinquent on my medical bills on purpose and oh. I took out a loan to go feel like how it felt to go through the loan and then be late on it. And I'm not necessarily saying for you to go do that, but it allowed me to understand, like I started getting letters in the mail and calls from debt collectors. And like, I started feeling like myself tightening every time my phone would ring, I wouldn't even want to look at it. And then I put it like 
in the other room when I'd go to sleep because I didn't want to wake up to a debt collector call. And then I was scared to go check my mail. And like these things, like all of a sudden you can imagine how I talk to my customer versus everybody else. Everybody else is saying, get 2% better interest rates. I guess I'm saying, don't be afraid to look at your phone anymore. Are you tired of, of walking to the mail and, <laughs> you know, and it's like, what converts better? What understands them better? Now I'm building things that around that, that the thought process and situation and conversations and content. So point being is I strongly urge you in whatever respect you feel to become a method actor to your customer because it's the only way I think you're going to understand it until you're literally, until you are your target market or until you're able to put yourself in their shoes like fully and really understand it. You're really not going to be able to talk to someone. It's like I, I can't, I can't talk to a, a you know, understand what what a a 90 year old female that lives in Africa is going through. I have no idea because I'm not in her shoes. I'm in such a different place. So if I'm going to sell to her, I really need to put myself in her shoes as much as I can. For sure, for sure, I love that. And Anthony, you have some very big successes, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I would like to ask you. What is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I would say uh, the biggest failure that I've had specifically is, you know, I, I want to talk about customers, but I want to talk about team first and the people I work with and even myself. I would say I'll tell one, one small concrete and then one big concrete on, on when the, the, the lesson was, was applied. I had somebody... Who crashed our uh, our server and again we get millions of people to our site so for a full day you know it's it's six figures plus of revenue that were down because a code was misplaced and I remember not necessarily bringing the hammer down on the person but not being excited about the issue and I still see the long-term effects of my actions that day and again nothing harsh nothing mean but The individual is scared to take chances now because they're afraid to fail being aggressive. So now there's this you know kind of opportunity cost that we don't get to see or I don't get to see of him now being very uh, stale and not not being not being as aggressive with his code or, or with his work because he's a, he's now playing you know crisis avoidance versus mm-hmm. uh, versus success finder and I'll, you know I'll say let me fast forward this might, this might be a better application with a better lining but I had a media buyer really just the other day misspend about forty thousand dollars in about four minutes so if you can imagine wow you can imagine uh, literally refreshing the screen and seeing tick up about about 40 roughly around forty thousand dollars in a matter of like me going to get a cup of tea and coming back and looking and uh, all just poof vanished. And I remember taking that same lesson with that coder. And, and now I said, that's awesome. And he goes, what? I'm so sorry. He literally is like sick to his stomach. He's ready to throw up. And he, I go, no, dude, that, that's amazing. I'm glad we did that. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> that stuff's going to happen. And, and we need, and honestly, we need to be accidentally putting extra zeros in the budget. Because, it, you know, I think in your head, you were thinking more aggressively. And I love that. So, so go ahead, keep rolling, baby. And, and I've just seen like, not only has he maintained, you know, that that risk tolerance level that he had, but I think it's, it's even grown where now he's, he's being overly aggressive to where he's found some great holes for us that have allowed us to really make that $40,000 back probably tenfold that otherwise would not have happened. So that, that's a silver lining concrete, but hmm. it's it, 
it's really, it's just, it, it comes back to that same thought process. I'm going to focus just today's conversation around that, like welcoming failures. And I think most of us act how I acted and, and I still, I chalk that up as a massive failure. And, uh, and, and, and it's funny cause it's not a concrete, it's not like I, I, I fired the guy that went on to become, you know, Facebook CEO. You know, each of us is entrepreneur and none of us really studied it. Yes. And we are doing our mistakes all the time, each of us. So I think hearing mistakes of people or hearing about failures of people that really succeed, it just gives a lot of confidence to anyone that's listening to us right now and thinking, oh, what did they do? Or afraid, and a lot of people are afraid to take chances. I, I completely agree. And now I would like you to tell me the story about your greatest, most significant success. It uh, can be as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers, but it can also be anything that has to do with the business. Yeah, I would say um, greatest success is probably comes or came every every time. And I'll get something concrete throughout this this kind of mind dump here, but Every time I feel like I, I, like you said, move a little bit closer to the customer. So what I mean by that is like every time I understand a little bit more where they are today exactly. So what what problems are they trying to solve deeper than just, you know, what's on the service level? So it's like my buddy r- runs a landscaping company and, he, and, you know, we were having a conversation about how to talk to his customers and team. And he said, you know, I just cut grass. And I said, you don't cut grass. You you give people back their Saturdays and mm, and you give dads right. back their, their Saturday or moms back their Saturdays to spend time with their kids. So now in his office, he's got literally a scrolling clock of how many Saturdays we've given back to, uh, uh, to, to dads. And, and, and literally it's, it's every hour that they work or, or every, every lawn that they clean, it ticks up one. And then their conversation <laughs> with the customers or when they're, they're door knock old door to door, they're going. Hey, yeah, we, we, we allow you to spend more time with their, your kid. And they're like, what? Are you a daycare? What are you like? No, 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 no. We're a landscaping service. We, you know, we save you about <laughs> two hours a week. So now they're talking in hours versus price. Everyone else is focused on, you know, how cheaper, you know, in his market, at least, you know, are, are you $40, $50? You know, are, are your workers legal? Are they here? You know what I mean? Like how good yeah, sure. do you do my neighbor? But now he's talking in hours. He's like, I'm going to give you two hours back to spend with your kids to go to the park. Uh, and and by the way, when you sign up, we, we give you we give you a basketball as well too, so that you can just go start. <laughs> Great idea. And it's like that's the kind of stuff that I, I feel like are are many successors every single time. But you know, I'll say a, a recent success story for myself is sure. is has really been this idea around balance. I think I I hit a and again we'll we'll go a little deeper here than like it was when I made my biggest sale. You know, it, it really it came for me. You know, I, I I started experiencing a little bit of burnout, and uh, I think it came hmm. from working long hours. I've I've seen myself now. I can look back after a couple of years, and I've seen relationships that have been that you know I've let I've let fall because of my business, or you, you know my my passions, my outside passions outside of work fall to the side. And I think I think it really took a massive retraining of myself to say, hey, you know, at four o'clock or at five o'clock, like. I am not going to work till, at least for me, I'm a night owl, so I'm not going to work till 10. So really, it sounds funny, six six hours, but now at, at nights, I, I'm pretty strict with, with those six hours to say, you're not going to you know, respond to emails, you're not going to jump on the computer and start doing work and stuff like that. And, and I've just found my overall quality of life and happiness and relationships and even work uh, you know, jump up. And, and honestly, it's forced me to, to get operations better, hire better people. 
to free up my time to, to really be able to have a balance. And I think, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs listening probably right now, you know, I think, you know, it, it's become cool in our, our entrepreneur culture to be like, how little did you sleep tonight? Oh, I only slept three. Yes. Oh, I only You're right. one. Like, you're like, yeah, I worked straight. Yeah, I took down eight Red Bulls and nine coffees. Oh, that's sweet, man. Like, that's not something to applaud people about. It's really not. And then on top of that, it's the aspirational side. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I've got a, I'm working, I'm getting a Lamborghini, I'm getting this. And it's like, you're doing all this, it becomes a rat race. And it becomes, you become a, you know, I felt a slave to the prison that I had built uh, versus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that I built a fun playground. So, Anyway, it's it. That's not necessarily a, a concrete success. It is a concrete success for you because it makes everything better, I guess. So I think it is a concrete success. It's a concrete problem, and you solved it for sure. Yeah, I think it just comes back to just just pausing and saying, you know, purposefully, like, what are you doing all this for? Right. Who are you doing it for? And, and you know, like, what what quality of life are standards are you are you going to tolerate? And I think I think you know, it's very easy to just kind of become mindless and just becoming, you know, I, I keep calling it the rat race, just getting, getting back to, you know, waking up and doing it again and again and again. And all of a sudden you wake up and it's five years later, you're overweight, you're depressed, mm-hmm. you know, you have insane anxiety, you know, and you're divorced, you know, it's like, oh, was that worth it for you to grow your business another, you know, double it? Shoot, who cares? You know, it's, it's probably not to a lot of people. So anyway, mm-hmm. I would just challenge a lot of people listening to, to really pause and say, you know, what am I doing all this for? Who am I doing it for? Am I living the life that I want to live? And now I'm not saying don't work hard. And I'm not saying that I didn't have 16 hour days, 20 hour days to get to where I am today. I'm not saying that sometimes they're not necessary, but overall, you know, I probably would have done things differently over the years hmm. and not have been as far along in my entrepreneurial career, but been further along in my, my, my overall well-being and happiness. Hmm, I love that. Can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and helps you to succeed and might help other entrepreneurs as well. I love it. Well, I will give you one tool that is not a shiny object. It goes very much the give a man a fish versus teach a man to fish kind of kind of terminology. There's a site called clarity.fm that I don't think is really known as well as it should. And what it is, is it's, it's a marketplace that different experts in their field go and they sell their time on a permanent basis. So you can talk to some extremely high level people in whatever whatever field you're looking to. And it's a marketplace to just say, yep, let me book 15 minutes with the founders company mm, does a hundred wow. million dollars or with the, the, you know, this author that wrote a customer service book. So I could sit here and I can give you a, a tool and say, Hey, go, go use this one to better interact with people or, or do this. And, but the, really the, the best solution that I think will help you, you know, be pertinent, I guess, across your mass audience is clarity.fm. It's a, it's a phenomenal site, phenomenal marketplace that I, I highly recommend. Did you use it? I use it all the time. Really? I use great. it all the time. Great. Yeah. I'm so happy you said that. Uh, great. You know, there are many things that affect one's success. However, I am a great believer that for each of us, there is one thing that really makes it for them, that really helps us to succeed. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? Yes, I guess, um, you know, philosophically, I, my focus has not ever been about making more money. Like I, I joke, like I've made millions of dollars and 
I share a condo with my with my best friend, and it's like it has never been about getting a mm. uh, you know a mansion or a Lamborghini or anything like this, and and it allows me to play differently than my competition because they're focused on you know really like like chasing money where I'm I'm chasing impact and I'm chasing culture for the team because truthfully I I enjoy getting up and going to work when I've got I have a fun culture versus a you know I've got to be the mean guy and come bring the hammer down all day long and like those are the things more important to me I, th- I think that's why you know we we have a, a massively successful eight figure business is because in, by indirectly not focusing on that uh, it's allowed us to and me to achieve that mm-hmm. even though I, I drive a nice sports car now but that wasn't my original motivation was really to provide a job for my family and my friends and then it was to help a ton of customers and it's like I still my biggest payday is when I go see our Facebook messages or mm. I see our support emails or or when we do reach outs for testimonials and people are crying about how they were able to buy their kids school supplies like mm. that's where I get paid that's the high I'm chasing it's not put more dollars and so it's I guess tactically it's allowed me to to be a lot more aggressive and take bigger gambles because I'm I'm not worried about it. I'm saying, okay, is this going to help put us in the right path to, mm. to essentially, you know, quote unquote, grow the business. But, you know, in my head, I'm like to have more fun as a team. Is it going to allow us to help more people, which is AKA really grow the business. I'm, I'm essentially in a business book saying, have a great culture and, and do what's best for your customer. And then that's, that's how you create Apple, you know, that's, that's right. And, um, I must say that it does sound real and reliable because all you wanted to do is to help people to lose weight. Right. My last question before I ask you what is the best way to connect with you is my mountain question. And as my listeners already know, I've been always imagining this journey of building their awareness and their relationships with the customer and then building the brand and uh, in the mind of customers. I always imagined it as climbing a mountain for years. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you now, whether they ever climbed the mountain or wished to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? And... I'm talking about physical mountain, literally a mountain, but you can also take it to the metaphor as well. Yeah, I guess, you know, it, it's, it's a very relevant question to me right now because, you know, it gets back to like, what am I doing this for? Why am I doing it for? And like, sometimes I, I don't know, at least I'll just speak to my truth, not for everybody. I don't know if growth is healthy always. And, you know, I'll look at, you know, growth of a, the business as, as, you know, keep climbing to the next tallest peak and like, I wonder if at some point I'll, I'll sit on a peak and say, I'm, I'm happy here or even maybe go a few levels. <laughs> and that's so like, that's not motivating. That's so only a few people maybe can relate to that, that can hear this. But, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily where I'll be tomorrow, but like, I really started to question like, is growth always like, is that healthy and, and by your definition of it? And I don't know if it is. So I guess my, my, ta- my mountain, I'll say that I've climbed has been, has been employing my close friends and family. And, uh, and this, this is kind of a, uh, a little bit deeper of a, of a conversation here for me. But, it, you know, originally, that was a massive motivation for me. I, I started out, I made great money, and I worked by myself, and all my friends had to go to work. So I had nobody to share it with, and nobody to share the wealth with, and the time, the, the kind of freedom of time, right? 
And I said, okay, let me create that for my family. So I hired them. Then I said, let me create that for all my best friends. I hired them. Then they're loyal. It was great as we were moving up the mountain and uh, they still are loyal and great, excuse me, but moving up the mountain. And then it becomes a little bit difficult because the dynamic starts to shift. So now we're mid mountain and now all of a sudden, you know, my conversations with my close friends and my family are around work and business. And that's great because that's what we're doing most of the time. That's our passion. It means we enjoy it and love it. And then we get a little higher up the mountain and now, you know, conversations start to become about, you know, there, there might be a wealth gap or there might be, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, feeling some type of way around, you know, I, I think I should yeah. be compensated more. And then now all of a sudden these close friends and family conversations are around compensation or maybe, you know, they're now, you know, blaming, you know, some personal uh, uh, problems they have with their easiest target, which is for a lot of people, which is work or their boss or their this. And, and I never want to be looked at as a boss. I want to be looked at as an equal. I don't want to be the boss of my friends and family. So now we're at, you know, I'm at this mountain where that, you know, the questions come and say, you know, did, did I dig my own grave in a lot of ways? And, you know, is it, you know, now the, these relationships and everything that I, that I built this for, it's now not fun anymore. Now the, the company is so, so, you know, it's not massive, but it's, it's definitely a good size where like my contact in day to day isn't even around them. So now I'm not even getting the good aspects that, that I, that I built this for, which was to spend more time with them. Uh, but I'm weighing the negative, you know, the negatives, which is now I, I am a boss and now I, I are their boss and I, or at least that's how they're looking at it. And, and I do have to make business decisions to be able to, now I've got to think of 30 plus people. I don't just have to think about one or three or five. So sometimes it, it's not the best decision for one of them. That is for the, for the collective group or for our customers. So that's probably the heaviest and hardest mountain that I've been climbing and continue to be climb. And, and, you know, I'll, I guess I'll have to report back and, you know, let you know where it ends or not. You must let me know because, you know, I really want to thank you for sharing that. First of all, because it's very brave to share that. We all have been warned all the years not to work with friends and families. And you have chosen to do that. And it's a good question. It's a very good question, not only for doing good for them, it's great to have somebody that I really trust and a reliable someone for my friends or family, but then it becomes much uh, more complicated. So thank you for sharing and, and being so honest about that. It's beautiful, I think. Of course. <laughs> I just want to know what is the best way to be in touch with you or connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch or to follow you? Yeah, I'm pretty active on Instagram. So just my name, Anthony Sarandria. And feel free to uh, message me or, or even just Google search me and you'll come to my site and just happy to answer any questions or thoughts or anything. I do, I do this stuff to, just as a give back. I've, I learned so much from other people's podcasts and, speci- and your podcast as well. So it's, uh, Thank you. it's uh, it, it, I'm, anyway, I'm happy to help uh, beyond this any way I can. We'll put the links in the show notes of this interview as well as anything else that we talked about. And Anthony, that's has been a different kind of conversation. You've been so honest and you told such an interesting stories. You are so different and it's so beautiful. I want to thank you for coming here. Of course. No, thank you for having me. I had a blast. This was great. Thank you so much. I love it. Thank you so much. And take care. Talk soon. Thank you, Anthony. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, It all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. 
Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.